Hey, welcome to Trains Live, the Trains.com podcast. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a Trains.com unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute, not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive railroading news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains. Hey, you know what? I asked Google and I asked Alexa, how do you restore a steam locomotive? Well, they didn't have the answer and they told me to go ask Siri. Uh, let's try it. Hey, Siri. How do you restore a steam locomotive? Okay, I found this on the web for how do you restore a steam locomotive. Check it out. Oh man, this is this is three videos on old steam locomotives. They they don't really tell me how to do it. I think we need to take and talk to some experts. Listen, let's head out to the engine house at the Nevada Northern Railway where they're actually working on a steam locomotive. This is Trains Live. Hey folks, Google, Alexa, even Siri, they're, they're not helping us with our steam restoration project. Uh, that generational knowledge being handed down from age to age, so important as we look at uh, steam preservation here in the 21st century. Um, we gotta call in some experts to further our discussion. We're gonna go out to the Nevada Northern Railway in Eli, Nevada. Um, we're actually ducking into their shop here to this. Is, this is gonna be a real treat. Actual shop, locomotives, guys with grease, the whole bit. With us today, Mark Bassett, who is president of the Nevada Northern Railway Museum. Um, he also does some cooking and bottle washing, if you talk nicely to him. Um, <laughs> their shop foreman here. And now, now I got Lennox in trouble already because he's laughing about the boss. Um, our shop foreman, Lennox Purrington, uh, with us as well. Gentlemen, welcome to Trains Live. So good to have you along today. Thank you. We appreciate it. <laughs> so, okay, first thing, we're, we're going to start restoring a locomotive, number 40, in your collection. Um, it is a 1910 Baldwin 460. Uh, okay, what's, what's special about this machine? What's the big deal with restoring it? Locomotive 40 uh, was purchased by the Nevada Northern Railway in July of 1910. She's always been here. And uh, she was the passenger locomotive. At that time, the railroad, all of its steam locomotives were from Elko, but they went to Baldwin for the passenger locomotive. And because of her significance, she is actually an official Nevada state symbol. She is the official okay. locomotive of the great wow. state of Nevada. Wow, okay. Um, I'm gonna guess, and just thinking about this, not many states out of the the 50 here that have got official locomotives, so that's that's a that's a big that's a big deal. Um, it's also kind of interesting. A smaller railroad like Nevada Northern actually uh, going to two different manufacturers, one for passenger, one for freight. 
that seems a little bit, little bit odd in some cases. It is very odd. In fact, behind us here is locomotive 81. She was the second Baldwin that the railroad purchased. All of her other locomotives here were from the American Locomotive Company. And we're not quite sure why 40 and 81 were purchased uh, from Baldwin. But someone wow. said, let's do Baldwin. <laughs> So somebody somewhere someday was looking, you know, at, at the, the product catalog and said, yeah, yeah, I like this. Let's, okay, and I got enough authority here. I, I really like this. <laughs> okay. It came down to Master Mechanic's choice. If he came from somewhere that had Baldwin, he was going to yep. go for a Baldwin. And sure. Probably why they ended up with the first four being Alco. The first Master Mechanic wanted Alco's. Makes sense. Makes, I mean, yeah, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's why, you know, today some trucking fleets are one make, some are, are another. That's, you know, so you get, you guys in the shop there carry a little weight with, you know, those of us that are in the, in the clean environment as it were. So, um, the locomotive is in for 15 year inspection. So we're going to be looking at the boiler, making sure that's sound. Um, but then also the running gear is going to get, uh, get worked over here this time. What what were the things that, that you found in the running gear that kind of tripped and said, hey, we've got to do that um, along with the inspection this time? Actually, that actually goes back to the 1920s. In uh, okay. 1924, April of 1924, the railroad put new axles in the locomotive. And then at the same time, uh, we're in White Pine County. It's the powerhouse county of Nevada. All the other counties in Nevada are suffering except here because of the copper mine, the mill, and the smelter. And then this gentleman called uh, Henry Ford invented this thing called the Model T. And uh, what happened is the workers here all bought Model Ts. And the first hard surface road in Nevada is from Ely up to Salt Lake City. And so <laughs> okay. passenger service went like that. The railroad is losing money left and right. If you're the head honcho, you're not going to put any more money in Locomotive 40 than you absolutely have to. And so passenger service ended in 1941. Thankfully, the Public Utilities Commission said, you know what, you have to save a steam locomotive, a passenger locomotive, and passenger cars. That's why Locomotive 40 still exists. Wow. And so she was pushed into the engine house. She sat there until 1956, which is the 50th anniversary of the founding of the railroad. The president of the railroad asks his boss at the copper company, hey, can we run it for the 50th anniversary? The answer is yes. But again, no money goes into the running gear except what's absolutely necessary after uh, the 50th anniversary, you got the 60s, the railroad does excursions, and again, minimal money. And then we take over in 1983, 1987, 40 rolls out of the house again. And again, just enough money to keep her rolling sure. down the track. We do her boiler work in 2004 and five, but just enough money for the boiler. And now the running gear, the axles are at the condemning li limit. Some of the pins are like, look like crankshafts. 
and uh, and the rods clank to beat the band. <laughs> okay, so we're, this is this is probably the uh, the deferred maintenance story of all times here. <laughs> okay, finally caught up with him. Yeah. All right. All right. Makes sense. Makes sense. So there, there's a lot of things that need to be need to be fixed, need to be worked on to bring the locomotive back up to snuff. Now, this to me is where the story gets interesting. Um, we've got a locomotive from 1910. Obviously, there have been other locomotives around the country that you know of this age that have been restored. We've got uh, we've got wheel issues that and axle issues that date to 1924, and. We've got a young gentleman standing here as our shop foreman who, Lennox, if I've got it right, you're all of, what, about 19, 20 years old? Just turned 20. <laughs> Just turned 20. So you're, you're, born, you're born back in 2004, um, like, you know, decades, decades after steam locomotives have stopped running, um, and you and your, your master mechanic, uh, uh, John Henry McDonald, um, are gonna tackle this steam locomotive, and I imagine with a lot of help uh, from volunteers and whatever, but where, okay, where do you guys start? Um, you know, we said at the top of the program here, hey, you know, you can't go to Google and say, how do you restore a steam locomotive? Where do you guys start? Luckily, we had a, a few good good mentors that knew what they were talking about, one of them being Gary North. And I, I can't thank Gary North enough for what he's taught us both. The other thing is this railroad was very strange in the fact that they were a hoarder. They kept a lot of manuals, a lot of parts, a lot of everything. Okay. So sometimes we can find a worn out part and go, oh, look, a new one. That's what it's supposed to look like? Okay, we'll fix it. And okay. sometimes we have the manual for it, so we can go through and figure it out from there. And then, like I say, some of it's just knowledge that was passed down from those of us who had done it before, and now it's on our shoulders. And, and there's something else I want to inject here, too. Uh, you mentioned Linux was born in 2004. 2004 is when we did the last 15-year boiler inspection <laughs> on Locomotive 40. Sure. And our master mechanic at the time uh, was a gentleman called uh, Jack Anderson, wonderful steam mechanic, had lots of knowledge, the whole bit, and Jack was like three months older than I am. Locomotive 40 is stripped down, the tubes are out, the whole bit. Jack calls up and says, you know, I have a headache. I'm gonna come in after lunch. And I go, great, see you then. Uh, my wife calls me and says, get to Jack's house now. And I go, why now? I run over there, walk in the door. Jack's wife is crying. His son is crying. I look across the room and I can see a blanket over a chair and underneath the blanket are boots. Jack had died that morning. And oh, when man. he died, that was a tragedy for his family, for the railroad here, for the steam fraternity. And, uh, I actually came down to the engine house that night and stood in front of locomotive 40 and you could look through the entire locomotive and I said, now what? And so that <laughs> night I sort of swore an oath that I would involve young men and women to maintain this stuff. There's no sense in raising all this money if the knowledge isn't passed down. Sure. And Lennox actually started here when he was six. I've heard stories about starting off with weed pulling and annoying the shop guys till they gave you the dirty work and you hung around long enough and proved your mettle and you got a job out of the thing. 
Um, and so, Lennox, I think that leads me to one of the big things that I, I would like to know here. You know, we look at this locomotive, which has got an incredible history, has had some tragedy, as, as Mark just explained. And, you know, now you and, and John Henry, um, and John Henry, by the way, is, is all about 30 years old, are going to lead and, and tackle this machine. What, what gives you the confidence to, to go in and to, I mean, what gives you the confidence to walk in the door in the morning and go, guess what, we're going to start restoring this thing today, and somewhere down the road, we're going to have it right, and it's going to run. <laughs> Which, yeah, number 40, number 40, yeah, but you know. I know, this is, this is what gives us the confidence. Oh, okay, okay, that one. You know, just maintaining 40 and 93 and just keeping them going and keeping them going and keeping them going. And then it was this one. And okay. that's where that's where I learned a lot of it. And I'm sure that's where John learned a lot of it too. And now it's out there pulling the weight every day. And it's we couldn't be happier with it. Okay. And, you know, going through that engine and learning a lot about it gives us a little more confidence with this one. Wow. It might take us longer than some guys who have been in the field for God knows how long, but we'll get it there. We'll do it. This is, um, I, I don't want to say a trial by fire, but it's, it's almost a, uh, it's a, it's an example situation. You've, you've got the, the, I mean, the trophy is hanging on the wall right there behind you. And when you see it run, you know, Hey, I, I was part of the crew that did that. No reason I can't, can't do it again. I think that goes to that whole generational thing that, that both of you have mentioned, um, passing these things along. And, and I just, you know, I can't get over the, you know, Mark, like you said, bringing in young folks to work on these. And we've got, you know, we've got f past projects and now we're gonna, we're gonna go at it again, but we've got the, we've got even our own past knowledge to work with. Pretty incredible, pretty incredible. Um, tell me something, as we are going through this round, are we writing things down? Some of it, some, some of it. Of it. <laughs> I mean, some of it's like pretty self-explanatory. Some of sure. it's like, oh, we didn't know that was broken. Make note of that and fix it. And then usually the notes get put in one of our boxes or our lockers and held on to. But it's it's not like it's not like we're writing our own, you know, step-by-step -step guide to rebuild spring rigging. We're going through. You take it apart. It's broken. You fix it. I, I don't know how to explain. You just you figure it out and. Go from yeah. there. The only things that really get recorded are just dimensions and what we made them to. That's about it. I'm but building on that too. Each locomotive, each steam locomotive is pretty unique unto itself. And so, you know, the common things are the measurements and the whole bit, but, you know, the parts aren't interchangeable or anything like that. So, yeah. Okay. All right. I, you know, and I, I guess it's one of those kind of things where, again, there's that knowledge. Um, okay, I'm, I'm not a machinist, I'm not a shop guy. Uh, you know, I come to volunteer and you're gonna, you're gonna give me a dirty work project, you know, scrape the paint off of this or get the grease off of that. But, you know, like you said, Lennox, if you look at, if you look at a spring or if you look at, uh, you know, air compressor or wiring or whatever, you're gonna look at it and go, yeah, Bob, um, we gotta fix this and we gotta fix this and we gotta fix this. Um, you know, and hopefully with the idea of always having fresh young blood working through the system, some of the notes in the locker actually are, are passed along. <laughs> do, you, um, do you think that when you are done, 
all those notes out of the locker and all those little scraps are going to get combined somewhere and put on a shelf there at the at the museum? Yeah, they are. <laughs> uh, we you uh, can read them. You can read them. Yeah, <laughs> we have an archivist, and we have an online archive that people can uh, access. And and basically everything we do here. We're scanning and putting up on the ar archive. Now, Lennox's notes may look like chicken scratches, but <laughs> they, they can be decipherable. John Henry is keeping sort of a master book since he is the master mechanic. And, uh, but it, as Lennox says, some of this is just doing it. I mean, Lennox has been observing what we're doing down here since he was six years old. and. And that is a big part of it, because even some of the books, they just tell you, well, you need to do this, but they don't explain how. Yeah, sure. They explain how it should operate, not how to fix it. Yeah, right. exactly. So, I mean, Lennox, really, you are, you are probably the epitome of a, of a homegrown product. You know, I mean, if, you, if I compared you to a baseball player, you're somebody that has come up through every level of the farm system and you're now in the you're in the big you're the big show you're in the big dance this is the big leagues now for you what give me give me some ideas along the way that things that you that picked up that one i guess inspired you to keep doing this but um you know kind of also what some of the most valuable things that you picked up along the way that have gotten you to where you are today working with steam locomotives a lot of it was was the people, the people that I was involved with when I got started. Our, our uh, first master mechanic I knew was Al Gladhill, and Al was a gruff guy, but you know, obviously didn't scare me off. I didn't know him for for super long or super well, but I knew him. And then uh, the next master mechanic I knew was Henry, and Henry, Gary, John, all of them. I just I grew close to them. They were best friends practically, and I. Came down here every weekend just to do something with my time, and I, every time I came, I learned something. Whether it was greasing or oiling or firing, uh, didn't matter what it was. I had a good time doing it, and the good time you have doing it when you've got good people to be around is what you hold on to. You hold on to the good memories, and you learn something from the good memories. You know, it's you know, those are things I'll remember forever. You know, just wow. things that they didn't really think twice about that I had a good time doing and learned from, and now I just, that memory's back there and I reference it sometimes. That's, a lot of it is that, you know, it, it doesn't matter what it is. It's just mm -hmm. things I learned from them and had a good time doing. I just sure. hold on to them. On the it's, flip side of the coin, from the management's point of view, you have to trust them and you have to understand they're going to make mistakes and you have to understand and guide them to come back from those mistakes. It, uh, Lennox was promoted to fireman when he was 18 years old. And- Three uh, weeks after I turned 18. Three <laughs> weeks after he turned 18. And uh, the, uh, his engineer was Nicholas, and Nicholas had just got promoted to engineer, and he was 19 years old. Oh, and in the rotation of crews, the engine crew for that day was Nick at 19, Lennox at 18, to haul a train load of people up a 2% grade sure. operating a century-old steam locomotive. Yeah. And people came to me and said, 
they're kids. And I go, yeah, they are, but they're very well trained and I trust them. And, and that's the important yeah. thing. You know, and, and Mark, what you just said, there, there is nothing that can speak volumes about your organization beyond what you just said there. You know, I mean, and you, and you guys do a beautiful job of promoting yourself and all the programs that you have and all the opportunities um, that you have there. But to, to be able to, you know, in a setting like this, say, look, I got 18 and 19 year olds that are running century old pieces of equipment and I'm trusting them with paying patrons to this organization that, I mean, mic drop, that's it. Check all the boxes. We're home. That is, that is incredible. That is, that is really, really incredible. But it isn't that incredible, especially if you look at history, look at the pictures of World War II, look at the soldiers storming Normandy. They're 18, 17, 18, 19 years old. Sure. We trusted them there. I mean, in, in the Army Air Force, the old man was 23. So yep. th there is this trust. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think the other part of that, and you make a good point, and I think the, the, the kind of the exclamation point on it is that, that we tend to lose track of some of that today. And, and, you know, I mean, especially when we're talking about steam locomotives, okay? I mean, if you, you know, if you look at the image that we see of you two gentlemen there in the roundhouse and you say, okay, pick out the one that should be working on the steam locomotive, you know, what's the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the one over there, you know? But when you also look and you see, um, you know, the, the youth movement that you guys have, that's where it becomes becomes really incredible. So, hey, Lennox, something personal, curious about as you're working on the locomotive, or, or you know, as you're moving through a restoration, um, what's what's a good day? What is what is a good day for you in in working on a project like this? When you can get something done that you set out to do. Some days you get started on something and it fights you for a day, two days, three days. <laughs> you feel like you got nowhere. 40's been sitting in the same place with all of its drivers out for months. It doesn't look like anything's gotten done except for, you know, now we've got an ultrasound grid on the boiler. Okay. But it's not exactly what everyone sees that, you know, is happening. You know, sometimes you can't see the work that's going on because it's a part this big that someone yep. took in under their wing and adopted and went through. Mm -hmm. A day that something, even something small like that can get done and you can move on to something else, it's a good day. You got something done. When, when something doesn't go right for you, are you, I mean, does it, does it keep you up at night? Do you, you know, are you like consumed with this? I got to figure this thing out, um, you know? Sometimes I, I, most of that thought process happens while I'm at work and I go, I go through it with the other guys. I'm like, what is this? This doesn't make sense to me. What's wrong with it? And they'll, you know, sometimes nobody knows and then, you know, Six in the morning when I'm getting ready, I go, oh, I bet that's what it is. You know, and I come back and it might not work, but it was a thought, you know. Sure. I don't let it consume me too much when I can't figure it out. Some It, it will either resolve itself or get resolved one way or another. And that's half of it. Sometimes problems resolve themselves. They're just, you're looking at it and you go, oh, it was this. Or sometimes it requires a lot of thought and consideration, but it's... 
it is what it is every day. <laughs> Even like if that. it's something you've worked on 10 times before, it'll always be something new. Sure. I, I just, I love that such a, a, a basic down to earth approach that you guys have. It is, and I guess that's one other thing I kind of wanted to, to ask about is, you know, I, I've been into some restoration shops where there is a, a very high degree of contemporary technology that's being used. Um, and unfortunately, not yet. I say not yet. Having visited you folks there in at the the Northern Nevada Railway Museum, um, what what level of of technology are you working with? Are there modern pieces of equipment that are are encroaching on the project, or are we really grassroots back in the steam era? We're pretty much back in the steam era. We don't we don't have anything CNC anything like we've got you know, modern power tools like Dewalt's and angle grinders, stuff like that. But the, all the machinery, the lathes, the mills, it's all, I mean, I think the newest thing is what, from the 50s? Yeah. It's actually, it's from the <laughs> 70s. We have a German lathe from the 70s that Kennecott bought new and they, they didn't want it. So it came down here. And even that gets put to use, but it's none of it's CNC. Sure. And it's sure. it's all you take the measurements, you plan it out, you you figure it out, and you start from scratch. And beautiful. Ask me how I know. Sometimes you just have to start over. <laughs> uh, it, it is what it is. Like I say, it is what it is. You just gotta sometimes pick up and start over, or it'll work. Yeah. Wow. Just that that, that is that is so to me that is so impressive because it is. You know, the challenge of knowledge through the generations being passed down, um, you know, working in a situation to, you know, basically, I mean, your newest tool you're talking about is, is a half century old. And <laughs> we've got this youth movement that is restoring this piece of equipment that's over 100 years old. And it's going to work and it's going to be, you know, it's going to pass inspection and it's going to run and people are going to come out there to see it. And I, what, what I hope folks get out of this is that you got to look beyond that steam locomotive that's going down the tracks. And you've got to look at the whole story. You know, that, that's why to me the story behind these things, um, you know, what, what's a good day in the shop? That's all part of it. Um, you know, that's all part of those notes that got to come out of the locker there at, the, at the end of this thing. So, um, okay, I, I know I will get asked, how long a process are we looking at? What are we, what are we thinking time-wise here? Oh, you know, it's a steam locomotive that was <laughs> built in 1910. And uh, so far, so good. Uh, you know, it should be sometime next year. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but that's God willing. The creek don't rise. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you know, we basically take care of all of the locomotives. I mean, we're focusing in on locomotive 40, but locomotive 81 is our main locomotive right mm -hmm. now. If it should develop an issue, everything stops on 40, and we take care of 81. Uh, locomotive 93. Uh, our other 280 steam locomotive developed an issue and we thought it would be a moderately quick fix and it has not <laughs> turned out to be that way. Uh, we've learned a lot from it. Uh, and so that's the late locomotive 40. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, God willing, the creek don't rise. It should be late next year. 
maybe rolling into 2025. I, I actually like there was a, a quote on your website from the previous inspection of number 40. Um, somebody had asked basically the question I just did, when's it going to be ready? Um, and the comment was made, it'll be ready when we throw the first match in the firebox and not before that. <laughs> and that's a very true story. <laughs> there we go. Um, tell you what, we're going we're gonna to step aside just a moment and duck over to Mr. Bob's a Railroad bookshelf. Got a few entries for you today, and then we'll be back with the guys here to wrap things up. You know, as, as, as Lennox and Mark had said, um, this is generational knowledge. It is, uh, it's not something that you can go to a book and find out, how do I make this work? You know, there are books out there that are going to tell you um, this is how it's supposed to work or this is what it does. And I want to bear that out for you on the bookshelf here today. Um, in our library here at, at Kalmbach, in the David P. Morgan Library, we have over 14,000 volumes uh, on the subject of railroading. And when I went through and did a search for steam locomotive restoration or how to restore a steam locomotive, there was a number of books that came up but they tell the story of the restored locomotive or why a locomotive was restored. And I brought some of those in just because they're interesting stories and they hopefully will pique you to explore some of that generational knowledge. The first one I want to show you here, um, this is a book from author Brian Solomon, one of our, our regular authors, uh, Super Steam Locomotives. And quick reference here, all the books I'm showing you today, they're a little older, some of them 20 years plus. Good stories, but as I've said before, you're going to have to go looking for them. Your library, maybe a railroad museum nearby. Solomon, Super Steam Locomotives, he in this book goes through and looks at the various locomotives that have been restored, big locomotives, uh, over the past couple of decades and tells the story of those locomotives and their restoration. Not how it was specifically done, how to restore certain parts, but the big overarching story. And then, of course, obviously, when they, they get running, some great photos, as always, from Brian Solomon. That one, again, super steam locomotives. The other couple of books that are on the shelf here today, this one, this one you got to seek out just because of the title. A Love Affair with Big Boy's Toys. Restoring the 2926. Uh, the story again of a Santa Fe locomotive and its restoration. Um, this book here, the photographs more detailing what is, you know, some of the processes as you see here, uh, work on the tender, some of the actual painting, some of the lettering. But again, this is what happened. It's not how you need to do these specific things. But a love affair with Big Boy's Toys, Restoring 2926 by John Taylor. And the last one I found, and if you like uh, Southern steam locomotives, uh, seek this one out. Steam's Camelot, uh, written by the late editor of Trains Magazine, Jim Wren. Uh, Jim, as we all know, from North Carolina, and he took after uh, steam locomotives in the southern part of our country and tells the story, again, of many of those, how they were restored, um, not how you do it, but what happens 
when you do it. And, you know, I'm looking here, we have a, a couple of guys uh, washing uh, Norfolk and Western 611. You know, I'm pretty sure there's not a manual somewhere or there's not a description in the book here that tells you how to get that done. So a couple of three books, good ones on the bookshelf today. Steam's Camelot uh, by late Trains editor Jim Wren. Uh, the one you got to get just for the title, uh, The Love Affair with Big Boy's, to Big Boy's Toys, uh, Restoring the 2926, and from Brian Solomon, Super Steam Locomotives. So check out the library, Railroad Museum. That's where you're going to need to find these, maybe in a used bookstore as well. Mark, great talking with you, Lennox. Glad to have you get along here today. Hey, one thing I gotta ask um, before before we depart here today. Um, do we have a new engine house cat at the museum? <laughs> we still, we still, uh, you know, I mean, condolences on the passing of dirt, but and, and we still get letters, emails, comments about your engine house cat. Do we ha do we have a new one yet? Yes, we do. Uh, we knew this day was going to come, and so uh, Dirt got uh, a, a protege, and uh, his name is DJ, which stands for Dirt Jr., and uh, he too is orange and white, and uh, Dirt taught him pretty well. He's learning the ropes, and uh, he's prowling around the engine house. And, uh, you know, when we talk about Dirt, uh, when we posted his passing, that post was seen by over 2 million people, yep. which just flabbergasted us. And so what we're doing with dirt is basically what the Forest Service did with Smokey the Bear. Smokey the Bear was an actual bear cub yep. who got caught in a forest fire. And so what we want to do with dirt is have his legacy live on as sort of a... Uh, uh, an example of rail preservation, historic preservation. Yeah, it's these wonderful machines here, but you know what? If you can't hook the people, and you know, we talked about the next generation, the people I need to hook are down here, <laughs> and we do that with, with Dirt the Cat. In fact, uh, we will have a book on Dirt coming out here very shortly, too. Oh, wow. And so where Dirt may not be with us physically anymore, he's with us spiritually. And not only that, we've commissioned two statues of dirt, and one will be over his gravestone, uh, which is down by the depot, and then the other one will be here in the engine house where he was born. And so dirt's cool. going to be with us forever. Great, great. Um, Lennox, is one of your duties feeding DJ? No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> my, my duty is to keep him out of our food. Yeah. Oh, now that <laughs> He'll, he will sneak into our office and try to get up on the camera. That yeah. yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. You know, I'm I'm gonna tip my my hand on my age just a hair here. Um, I actually saw the Smokey the Bear Cub when he was alive at the the National Zoo in in D.C. So. You can you can now figure out that yeah I, I'm I'm not part of that youth movement anymore. <laughs> and you know, the the you know final thought about dirt, um, the day that that you announced his passing, um, as that news came around, 
here in the halls around you know trains and our, our sister publications there you could you could hear this this whisper going through you know until finally someone you know I know popped into my office door and said oh my god dirt's gone and I said oh man <laughs> so this was this you know yeah you you have you have a symbol there great symbol fantastic yeah. so yeah. gentlemen um, last thing hey if somebody wants to volunteer. Uh, go to your website, nnry.com, and contact you there. Um, Lennox, I assume you're, you're looking for help. Always. Always. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Not just us in the shop, either. We can use it everywhere. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, you probably put me on Weed Patrol or maybe in the gift shop or something. <laughs> so. Wherever um, you want to volunteer. There we go. Nevada Northern Railway Museum, nnry.com take and make sure you check that out gentlemen it's been a pleasure talking with you today best of luck on the project um stay safe through your operating season and i know we'll we'll touch base with you down the road see how things are going excellent we'll see you down the track very good hey folks KalmbachHobbyStore.com, KalmbachHobbyStore.com, your place to get all of your hobby needs books from Kalmbach. hey videos we have got some great videos on restored and operating steam locomotives. Make sure you take and check those out as well. We are going to see you on trains.com. New material being added there all the time. So make sure you check into that. And of course, you know what? Really soon, I want to see you behind an issue of Trains Magazine. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a trains.com unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute. Not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive routing news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more all about trains.